Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the the Kiro Film Society, and I am Pastor Neil Wemus, and I am a pastor, a Lutheran Church, Missouri City pastor in Northwest Iowa. This is a podcast. It's all about reviewing movies, television, whatever, uh, looking at the quality of the movie, look at acting, etc., etc., and also hopefully getting a little bit of theological discussion out of it. And as we are in the month of October, Halloween is on Monday. Uh, we've base I've basically been for the last three weeks going with kind of a Halloween vibe. So a couple weeks ago we did the Ghostbusters movies. Last week we did um, I, I looked looked through some Tim Burton films, and now this week we are going to. The show The Walking Dead. Now, before I get into this, I'm going to have to give a preface. This entire podcast is a gigantic spoiler, okay? So I'm giving you that warning. If you have not seen the new episode, so the season premiere of season 7 of Walking Dead. If you have not seen it, to probably want to stop this. Go onto your TV or TiVo, DVR, Amazon Prime, whatever. Watch the episode and then come back. Because the entire theme of this podcast is about that. It is completely surrounded around um, what happened. So, in the last couple weeks, I began doing things differently. And, each ep- and that is that each podcast, I focus on something. A topic, like, so for instance, again, three weeks ago, the theme was Ghostbusters. I reviewed the entire Ghostbusters franchise. Last week, I studied, we, I looked into the work of the director, Tim Burton, director slash writer, and looked for themes and consistencies between them. This week, we are go, I'm doing a character review, a character perspective. And so and I'm going to examine specifically what, the character whom Negan kills at in the first episode of season seven. I'm going to look at some of the things that happened with this character throughout the series. And so that is why this is a spoiler. It's a spoiler because the person that I'm talking about is the person who was killed. So this is your final warning. This is going to be a spoiler for what happened in the first episode. So if you don't want the what happened ruined, if you don't want it ruined, it's the who Negan killed with Lucille, his bat, you want you're gonna want to tune out now. If you are don't care if it's spoiled for you, alright, go ahead. It's you've been warned. Okay. So, with all that being said, I'm just right off the bat going to talk about the episode. The, se- the season one premiere, uh, or the season seven 
premiere, um, which is coming right off of, obviously, the, the huge cliffhanger at the end of Season 6. At the end of Season 6, Negan and his gang um, basically arranged it that they could trap Rick in the group. And at the very end of the, at the, end of the episode, you see all of the, major, the main characters, or several of the major characters of the show, sitting in a, on their knees in a circle at the mercy of Negan. He's pointing his barbed wire bat, which he calls Lucille, right at the face, the heads of all of them. And he goes through and he says, I'm going to kill one of you. And so he goes through any, many, many, you know, he starts doing that. He starts counting down and then, then he finally selects the person. You don't see who it is, but he just starts beating him to death with the bat. And you are left to wonder who it is that died. That's what the whole cliffhanger was. And so, this episode happened, starts off, is all the big cliffhanger um, over the week was, this, was the question of, who was killed? And so the, first, the start of the episode, and the name of the episode is called The Day Will Come When You Won't Be. That's the name of it. And so you're waiting. You're wondering who it is that was killed, and the episode doesn't tell you right away. It waits a little bit. And eventually it reveal eventually it is it is revealed that the victim is Abraham. Now I'm going to give you a disclaimer this podcast is not going to be about Abraham. Abraham was the one that was killed. And this was an int- I remember so I watched this episode on you know last late Sunday night. And Abraham was killed, and I thought, oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, Abraham had not been established as much. It just did not sting as bad. Did it look nasty? Did it look gruesome? Yes. But I had a little bit of relief. I thought, oh, good. It's gonna, it wasn't a character that I've really invested myself in. And they made you believe it was over. Which tells you why Abraham was spared. Because I don't know if you know this, in the comics... Abraham was already supposed to be dead, but they ended up keeping him because it made what happened in a little bit all the more impactful. So Abraham dies, and think, like I said, I thought, oh, that sucks. I mean, it was pretty gruesome, and you're like, whoa, man, what are they going to do to retaliate? And so, you know, uh, Negan goes and starts mocking um, those who are weeping over his death, quite specifically, um, they mock Rosita and for crying over Abraham's death. And when he's cr- mocking her, Daryl gets upset and he jumps and he 
You know, he punches a, a Negan in the face. For this, Negan responds. And that's when he turns and he starts beating Glenn to death. And that's going to be the focus of this podcast, is the character Glenn. And he beat him. I mean, you saw his eyes start to pop out, like, just like they did it in the comics. And it was brutal. It was gruesome. It was, yes, it was violent, as people said. And I know there's a lot of backlash, a lot of anger about this episode. But in all honesty... We've seen worse deaths on that show than that. Look at the way Noah was killed. Noah was gutted right in front of um, Glenn's face. And there's actually might be something to be said of the story. There's a little bit of story there. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But neither way, either way, we saw... Glenn, you know, Glenn had to sit there and watch as he was torn apart. Nora's death was vicious, it was violent, it was nasty. Another example of a such death was Dale. Dale's death was gruesome, it was nasty. But why did nobody get upset and angry over those two? The reason is, is because they did not set up emotionally. Was Noah's death tragic? Yes. Was Dale's death tragic and tough? Yes. But it was not as tough as Dale's. I mean, as Glenn. Because Dale died all the way at the end of the second season. This is pretty early in the show. Did people like Dale? He was, you know, he was this this guy that you kind of liked and respected as a character. And so his death was tough. But you only had a season and a half. And given the fact the first season was only six episodes, it really wasn't that long. And a lot of people didn't watch season one when it happened. A lot of people watched season one after having seen season two. So then... And Noah, again, similar situation. Noah, I mean, he just showed up that season. He'd only been on there for a few episodes. And when he died. Glenn has a unique spot that he was in the very first episode of the series. At the very, very, very end of the first episode of Walking Dead... When Rick is trapped in the tank, it is Glenn who speaks through the, the radio to help save Rick out of that tank. The voice first came through in the first episode, and then he played a pretty good role in the second. And he's been with the show ever since then. So we have a real investment on him. I mean, think about that. It was the year 2000. So six years ago was when we first got introduced to this character. 
Last year, when we had a fake-out where we thought he was going to die, and then they let him live. And when Abraham was killed, we were even more surprised. We thought, yes, he's not going to die like he did in the comics. And, and people who knew about the comics knew it is the most one of the most brutal and emotionally traumatic deaths in all of comic books, even. <coughs> Which is saying a lot, because there's some really tough deaths in comic books. And so they probably, there's many people that thought, oh, it was just to Abraham. <laughs> Good, that's so much. And then all of a sudden, <gasps> what? Glenn, too? Glenn is dead? The emotion hit us. We were, you're watching that. It, you want them to cat, turn the TV away. You, I, I read an article where somebody said they're not condemning the violence. Yes, they are. I mean, do they really have to turn and have somebody, Rick, turn to the camera and say, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like you to know, let you know that beating people to death with a barbed wire bat is very immoral, and we do not approve of such actions. Thank you. Back to the show. Did they really have to say that? No. The, the, the scene has no impact if people are a bunch of sociopaths. The very they're they're banking on the fact that most people watching the show have some level of moral code to understand that beating someone to death with a barbed wire bat is not moral and it's not it's not a good thing, and that's why the scene is so hard to watch. And especially because it's happening to a character that you've learned to care about. I'll bet you many people when they saw Abraham beaten. It was tough, but they could handle it. When Glenn was the one that got beaten, that's when people got mad. Not because it was the second beating, but because it was Glenn. Because it's a character we've been invested in. And the reason why that is impacted, the reason people are reacting the way they are, is because they so wonderfully set it up. They, it was good writing, very good writing, good directing, good plot moves to make sure that that had the impact it did. The reaction people are having is not because the episode was bad. They think it is. It's not because it was excessively violent, which it was violent. It was excessive, yes. But deep inside, I think the reason why people are angry is because a character that they learned to love, Glenn, died in such a brutal fashion. Most shows do not kill main characters like that. Most shows usually kill a major character with like maybe a simple shot in the heart. Something quick. Not gruesome, just quick. But Glenn died in a very brutal fashion. We're not used to that. We're angry because it happened to someone we cared about. So, Glenn is a character that, um, we, like I said, we met him in the first season. And most of the, which is kind of interesting because when we think of Glenn, we cannot help but think of Maggie, his wife. And the mother of his child. We think of Maggie. We cannot help but think of Glenn. 
And there's an irony in there. Because Glenn was in the show one season before Maggie. And yet we cannot help but think of Glenn without Maggie. Because that's how endearing their romance is in a, in a world that is so chaotic. In the show of Walking Dead, you have this romance between them that cannot help but find a way. But let's go back to that first season. In the first season, um, Glenn does not have any major character-driven episodes. I think his um, bigger episodes really don't come until uh, the second season. But the major moment for Glenn is at the very first episode. And I understand why they couldn't do the real character-driven episodes in this first season. It's because, I mean, because of the fact, the simple fact that the show... <coughs> excuse me. Um, the show only had six episodes in the first season. And so they had to cram in introducing all these characters in six episodes. And all of them got really shortchanged, to be honest. Um, and Glenn was amongst them. But when Glenn... the A character trait of Glenn is right away established. And that is that Glenn is caring and considerate of others. And so this is a... <clears throat> he, he believes in the goodness of people. And I think this is kind of interesting. Because when the reason he saves he saves Rick, even and you get it because established a little bit later that him saving Rick was a great risk to himself and to the group he was with, but he did it nonetheless. And so Rick says, you know, back at the tank, why'd you stick your neck out for me? Glenn says, call it foolish, naive hope. That if I'm ever that far up shit creek, pardon the language, somebody might do the same for me. Guess I'm an even dumber, bigger dumbass than you. And I think that's a good quote that tells you a lot about him as a character. Why'd he save him? And Rick did, would save Glenn many times and help him many times. But... Glenn stuck his neck out for Rick, even though it would be to his own harm. That says a lot of his character. And, he's, and the thing is, he's thinking, not only that, he's thinking, you know, Glenn, one day this guy might help me too. And so he's hoping for the good in people. And this is something you... of Glenn's character. And so, and you do see that, you know, him sacrificing himself many times for the group. Sacrificing himself by, you know, possibly going down into the sewer. Sacrificing himself um, by driving the loud car. Uh, sacrificing himself um, by dropping into a, a well to get a walker out. Sacrificing himself by getting these... Uh, medications from the pharmacy. You see this a lot. Him sacrificing himself for the group. And then you have this... And then in the second season, he meets Maggie. He meet, the, 
first time he sees her, it's kind of interesting. Is it's it's a really subtle moment, but it's interesting to look back when it happens. It's in the second episode of season two. Uh, Maggie is sent to get uh, Lori because of Carl had been shot, uh, and when he goes and gets Lori. Glenn, she, Glenn briefly talks to her and you notice, you could tell the way he responds that he's already in love with her. He already is infatuated with this girl. And then he gets thrown into situations with her where he gets to go and retrieve this stuff with her. And the relationship, the way the relationship starts, it's so awkward and and pretty well done. Because, I mean, you have this guy that, I mean, he's been spending all these months, or however long it's been, just thinking about survival. He hasn't been thinking about, you know, romance with a girl. And neither has she been thinking about a romance with a guy. She's been surrounding, surrounded by family members. Not anybody that's a prospect of a relationship. And so both of them just kind of have this awkwardness. And... It's kind of, kind of endearing, and you kind of, I kind of like it. But through the course of this relationship, Glenn stumbles on the reality that there's a barn full of walkers, and he tells the group. Maggie gets angry at him for doing so. And there's this exchange between Glenn and Maggie, which explains to her, where she says, he says to her, I had to tell them. You did not, Maggie says. Glenn responds, no, I did. I wanted to. Listen, you see, I forgot, okay? I forgot, or I stopped thinking about it. Or maybe I didn't want to think about it. I let them lower me into that well like it was fun, like I was playing Portal. It's a video game. Of course, it's a video game, Maggie responds. And then, the pharmacy happened yesterday, Glenn says. And I realized something. I forgot that they're dangerous. I don't care if they're sick people or dead people. They are dangerous. And then I realized something else. That I don't want you in danger. Ever. So I hate to blow your dad's big secret. But I'm sick of secrets. Secrets get you killed. And I'd rather have you pissed off at me and alive than liking me and dead. So that's why I told them. And again, this shows his character. Glenn is a noble person. He's all about doing what is right. He he doesn't like the... He doesn't like secrets. He doesn't like lying. He's, he, is, he does show courage, although for a moment he freezes. But he has courage. And he protect, and he's able to fight. But one of the things, so one of the things that comes out 
of Glenn, and there's, I mean, the relationship between him and Maggie is powerful. I mean, so much of what happens is about, in his characters, about his relationship, his love of her. And becomes difficult when he gets sick with the big outbreak that happens in the prison. When the prison is attacked and everyone gets separated, <clears throat> he has the opportunity to um, go along with a group that is planning to bring the cure to <clears throat> the zombie apocalypse, or the, the, what's going on, to D.C., and he doesn't care. What he cares more about is finding Maggie. And what Maggie cares about more than anything else is finding Glenn. And Glenn shows leadership qualities. And you see this in the way he leads a group when they first get to Alexandria. And again, you see his principled behavior that he has principles he has morals he has an idea as to the way things should be this comes out after they cause Noah's death happens as a result of uh, neglect on part of some of the people of Alexandria or bad work or cowardice But then Glenn's death happened, of course, this last week. He was killed by Negan. And this leads me into another character. It leads me to the character of Maggie. The reason I'm not going to Abraham is I think it's a little bit trickier. But, this leads, but it does lead into the topic of Maggie herself. Maggie. Because... For two reasons. One is that this is going to. Glenn was able to have some character development, not a lot, but he had some before Maggie came on the scene. So he was able to be identified a little bit apart from Maggie. Maggie has not much had that opportunity to be identified as someone apart from Glenn or apart from her family as the farmer's daughter. With Glenn's death, she's going to be forced to find out who she is. It's going to be big character development. But there's also something very tragic in the story of Maggie so far. In Maggie's life, in her character's life, there have been four notable deaths that we have seen. Not including her mother and brother, who um, were already walkers by the time you meet them. And not including um, the ones that die at the end of season two, because those happen so fast that you hardly notice it. The four major deaths. Otis. The ones that they actually take time to focus on that happen. So Otis. Herschel. Beth. Glenn, those four. Now think of the way that they die. Otis 
is killed by shame. Herschel is killed by the governor. Beth is killed by Don in Atlanta. Now Glenn killed by Negan. What all four of them have in common is that they were killed by people. Not by walkers, but by human beings that had not been turned. And see, that right there hits at one of the core thing, um, plot points of The Walking Dead. And it's something that plays out. And whenever I do a Walking Dead podcast, and I brought this in, is that in The Walking Dead, people in the show, the real villains are not the walkers. The real villains are the other people. And so this is a theme of Walking Dead that people themselves are the great villains. And this comes out very much um, it's being shown as you even watch Rick change slowly. He's becoming a darker and darker character with you know each passing episode. And, and it's shown in the fact with uh, Maggie in the fact that so many characters that's, that for Maggie that all these people that she's connected to were killed by human beings not by human beings have not been turned into walkers <clears throat> not by walkers and you know this speaks volumes speaks a lot to the world that they're in. The greatest villains of the series have been the governor and now Negan. Both of them. Human. They're alive. They haven't been bitten. And yet they are the great villains. And see, this is this was expressed very early in the series. In an episode known as the, it's called Vatos. It's in season one. And in this, this episode, there are some characters that are, um, there is this group of people that you think they're just, they're this Mexican gang, and they kind of get into a conflict with Rick and company. And eventually, Rick realizes that this group isn't so bad. It turns out they're not a gang. They're actually a bunch of people working in a nursing home trying to keep these elderly people going through the apocalypse. There's a walker apocalypse or whatever. And so there's this exchange where Guillermo, who is the guy that leads the group, the Vatos, says, the people we've encountered since things fell apart, the worst kind, plunderers, the kind that take by force. Rick responds, that's not who we are, Guillermo. How was I to know? My people got attacked, and you show up with Miguel hostage. Appearances. 
T-Dog chimes in. Guess the world changed. To which Guillermo says, no. It's the same as it ever was. The weak get taken. Listen what, to what the Augsburg Confession says in Article 2. It says, Also they teach that since the fall of Adam, all men begotten in the natural way are born with sin. That is, without the fear of God, without trust in God, and without con- concupiscence. And that this disease or vice of origin is truly sin, even now condemning and bringing eternal death upon those not born again through baptism and the Holy Ghost. They condemn the Pelagians and others who deny that original depravity is sin, and who, to obscure the glory of Christ's merit and benefits, argues that man can be justified before God by his own strength and reason. Psalm 51 says, Have mercy on me, O God, According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Scripture confesses that from conception we are sinful, we are born into sin, we are born wicked, and we are born evil. The show Walking Dead may not, intention, may not be trying to give a, world, a Christian worldview. They may not be trying to communicate the Christian doctrine of original sin. But it appears to be there. Because they see that the problem in the world is people. People victimize other people. They recognize, recognize that people are evil. People are corrupt. People can be vile and do horrible things to one another. In a world where there is no government, there's no restraints... The power people will only escalate what they do. And that's what you see in Walking Dead. Maggie's as a character is seen at first hand. And what they are depicting in the show is merely a reflection of what we teach in as Lutherans, as Christians, that we are born dead in our trespasses. We are born in sin. That is how deep our corruption is. And it's on account of this corruption. This is the reason we need Jesus. That's the reason why he came into this world. Why he died for his sins. Why he rose from the dead. So that that sin that we are deeply infested with. Of which we are willing partakers. May be washed away cleansed, to be forgotten, to be cast from us as far as the east is from the west. So there's my little thoughts on 
The character of Glenn, I guess it wasn't very extremely deep, but the episode was, I think a lot, people are way blowing out of proportion what the episode was. I know it was violent. I know it was tough. I would not recommend it to any children, but it was necessary. It was good writing. And it's setting up stuff. And it continues, it shows why it's very likely Maggie's going to become a very, very strong character in the show. Because unlike any of these other characters, she knows better than anyone on that show the evil that other people can do. Because they see, she's, because Otis was killed by Shane, Herschel by the governor, Beth by Dawn, and now Glenn, her husband, is killed by Negan. She knows the evil men are, men, people are capable of. Men or women. And for that reason, I think she's going to know better than even Rick. Although I think Rick has some idea of it as a police officer. But he has a bit of a boy, and he's getting that because of what the governor has done. And all these things have happened throughout the series, but I don't think he gets it as personally the way that that Maggie does. Because the people he has loved... There's some people he has loved that has died. But generally, they haven't been killed by people. They've been killed by walkers. It's not as personal for him yet. And that's why I think Maggie might actually become the better leader against Negan than even Rick. Or maybe there'll be a really good one-two tandem. So... That is what I have for today. Um, I hope this was, was fun for you and enjoyment. Uh, I look forward to see what the show has in store for us in the future. Uh, next week, as we enter into November, we're gonna get, we're gonna jump out of these Halloween esque themes, and we'll. I don't know what I'm gonna do yet, but hopefully it'll be a good one. Uh, so with all that, uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. With that, I leave you with um, this nice little video that somebody posted on YouTube. Um, it was posted by a guy that has the name The Mocking Dead, uh, and this was his tribute to Glenn. Glenn, you're welcome. And then I realized something else. That I don't want you in danger, ever. Your dad, they were counting on me. And I, I only thought of myself.
says she loves me. And I'd rather have you pissed off at me and alive than liking me in death. You got some balls for a channel, man. Korean. You like my own son, man. Why'd you stick your neck out for me? Oh, it's foolish, naive hope. But if I'm ever that far up Sea Creek, somebody might do the same for me. Just leave a beer and dumbass to you. You don't need a bitch, Herbie. Give me one more time. You never will again. I'll sleep through the night time.